Hello and welcome to the latest edition of And The Winner Is, where we take a look back at the Academy Award Best Picture winners of yesteryear. Uh, this time we're discussing the 1999 winner, Shakespeare in Love, directed by John Madden, not the fo American football one, <laughs> uh, and starring Joseph Fiennes, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeffrey Rush, and famously, in a very short performance, Dame Judi Dench. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Paul. You all right? Hello. Yep. Yep. All good. Uh, looking yeah. forward to diving into this one. Yeah, it should be an interesting one. It's, it's a film that um, I think I've only ever seen once before, on probably on DVD not long after it got its release. Yeah, um, yeah so as I was saying, this was uh, the 99 winner. It was released in the US in December 98. Um at a budget of just 25 million. And what do you think it took roughly? Uh, I reckon it took about 220 million. Uh, well, apparently, according to, to everyone on online, on, on the web and our sources, it was 289.3 million. It wasn't far off. It was, uh, it was incredible, close. really. Yeah. Given the kind of film it was, I suppose the, the, the romance element was, was part of it. Yeah. Reason for that. But it's just incredible box office on what's a low quite a low budget film even for probably for 99 yeah uh yeah it won seven out of 13 oscars it was nominated for uh but didn't win best uh, director of course so that went to steven spielberg for saving private ryan which it was actually up against for best picture um was also up against funnily enough elizabeth yeah uh, life is beautiful and the thin red line thin red line um and I've seen Private Ryan. In fact, I've got Private Ryan. I've seen The Thin Red Line. I think I've seen Elizabeth years ago. And I think I've seen bits of Life is Beautiful. So I do need to go back and watch that at some point. Yeah, I think I've seen two of them. I've yeah. done, obviously, I've seen Saving Private Ryan. I've seen Elizabeth. The other two I don't think I have seen. Mm -hmm. So one or two facts about the movie. Um, Imelda Staunton and Jim Carter, who are in, both in the film, are married in real life. Yep, and um, I met both of them together. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> they're, they're both in my autograph book um, back at the TV BAFTAs about oh, wow. maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know much about Jim Carter, but I had visions of him being in something when I was quite young. One of the earliest things I remember him being in, I didn't know, know him as an actor at the time, was I think was um, The Crying Game. Yes. He plays uh, a barman in London. Yeah. And obviously now, now known more for being in Downton Abbey than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of our sort of things. Of course, interesting in this film, they both played the same role effectively. Yes. Uh, the nurse, she was the off-stage nurse and he played the on-screen version. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Uh, as we are saying, Jane Doody Dench won, uh, she actually won an Oscar for Best Actress in a supporting role in this film. Uh, yeah. Although she's only on screen for about six minutes in total. Yeah. Um, the second shortest performance to ever win that for that, that Oscar apparently because <laughs> oh. the, the shortest was actually Beatrice Strange in Network and we were <laughs> in five minutes so that's incredible so we, we need we now need an actress who's going to do it seven minutes at some point so yeah yeah uh, and, and uh, of course in, interestingly as well that was that year that two actresses were nominated for awards for the same character in two different movies. Yeah. Because Dench, of course, yeah. got it. And then Kate Blanchett was up for Best Actress for Elizabeth. Yes. In Elizabeth, so... Which she lost out to Gwyneth. Yeah, of course. Uh, one of those odd little quirks he sometimes get in nominations. 
Um, we're seeing that at one point in the film, we, at the start of the film, we see Shakespeare cramping up balls of paper um, and, and they're throwing them around the room. They all land props, near props. Uh, one of them's by a skull, which of course is a reference to Hamlet, and the second lands in a chest, which is a reference to the Merchant of Venice. Now that's clever. That's yeah. clever sort of in jokes. I like that. Um, a couple of other things. There's one little bit I love in the film. Uh, we meet this young lad, a little street urchin, um, John Webster, uh, who's got this disturbing attitude that the plays all need more gore and violence. Um, they're, they're feeding the mouth to the cat. <laughs> it's, it's just. just... <laughs> And the reason he's in there is because he he was from the next generation of of the Jacobean era of right playwrights, yeah, um, which were apparently mostly known for their blood and gore, uh, most famous of which is the Duchess of Malfi. So I love that sort of little attention to detail that they put throughout the film. Yeah, um, uh, and the other one that stands out was, and it's it's a casting thing, and we'll see him as we go through the movie. Was that Ben Affleck pops up, of course, in the film, and the reason yes. being that he was actually then in a relationship with Gwyneth Paltrow, and one he'll be closer to. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> he was actually offered the lead role as well of Shakespeare, and he turned it down. Wow! Um, wow. Because he wasn't, it wasn't really so much that he wanted to be working. He just felt it was like he should be working. Mm. So he kind of he took kind of took the job out of like, well, I'm here, I may as well do it, but I don't really want to put in a lot of work. Yeah. Um, and that kind of links into one of the the notes I made yeah. ab um, about the film itself. Affleck was so pompous um, in his early years. Um, I've reviewed a couple of films over on uh, the Kevin Smith Viewer Skew review um, mm. that I do with Craig on the podcast, where we've talked about just how pompous he was in those mm. early days of his career um, yeah. and how how different he is uh, now yeah. um, compared to and those early films. And, and his performance in this feels like him very much sending himself up yeah um because he is arrogant so yeah yeah uh, so the and the only other bit is sort of an expanded fact of course is that because this did quite well at the oscar and of course it was um it was produced by harvey weinstein of all people um, yeah and of course one of the other well, skipping over the other stuff right? but of course he he was well known as well when it came to um oscar time for sort of throwing his weight around and playing the game and the, yeah. the general feeling was that Private Ryan probably should have won this year, but yeah. it, the way that he he sort of coerced and and sort of played with the press and stuff, they they do say he was responsible for most of its wins. There were a lot of crit, uh, voters when asked again, I think in twenty fifteen, so they would have voted for saving Private Ryan. So there we yeah. go. Yeah, so I suppose at that point we should just uh, jump into the film now and um, yeah, have some general thoughts on it. On the and we'll go into the opening. Um, nice to see uh, info cards again, which kind of ties into um, a similar film we saw in the past called Tom Jones. Yes. And in yeah. fact, watching the film, there are, there are times when it feels like a sort of an older, an older brother version of Tom Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely a, a more grown up version. Yeah. Um, it, it's not so, um, I would say probably slapstick was what I would uh, describe Tom Jones as. Yeah. Whereas yeah, this, this is more campy. Yeah. And, um, and there's an also, there's like kind of a sitcom feel to some of the humour that pops up in it yeah. as well. Yeah. Which, again, with all the Brits in there, there's no wonder. Uh, exactly. And that's that's literally one of my notes is that, my God, the, the amount of British stars in this film is just <laughs> outrageous. Yeah. 
because um, we and we also get an Australian in, in, in that opening sequence, and we get that, that great line about the, the original plan of this play being <laughs> Romeo, Romeo, <laughs> and that pirate's daughter. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's just going to work. Jeffrey Rush yeah. is great in this. Uh, yeah, he he is as I described the film, probably the campiest thing in this film, <laughs> um, which is not what you expect from Jeffrey Rush. Um, yeah. Certainly not in recent yeah. years. It, it's funny um, though when we, when we talk about the cat. My first couple of notes are basically just notes, little throwaways about the cast. We've got we've got a doctor behaving badly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Martin Cleans. Yeah, yeah, and I was completely shocked that he was in it. I I must have seen this. I think I must have seen it because when it came out, I I was just finishing up school, mm. so I've got a vague recollection that we possibly watched it in an ah, English yeah, class because yeah. I know yeah. we definitely watched. Um, Romeo and Juliet, the the Leo version, yeah, at the time, and I feel that we probably watched this, and I probably wasn't taking it in as much back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, I have had vague memories of it, but I completely didn't remember who was in this film at all. Because yeah. the the that I wrote alongside that name was H R H Darcy, because <laughs> they get as well, and it's just it's a veritable who's who. Of, yeah. Um, and, a, and of course, really early on is, is Tom Wilkinson as well, mm. um, which he's completely moved away from this type of film as well. Yeah. Um, but in fact, he, as a supporting character, he has a quite quite a nice little mini arc in this film. Yes, he does. Stops yeah, and he's, he's, he's overbearing moneylender. Yeah. <laughs> by the end of the film, he's in love with theater. And it's yeah, just, uh, and he's in it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's brilliant. It's a great performance. And I said that this early bit, he really spills. Right mm. at the beginning, he's yeah, he literally you may as well be frothing at the mouth. Mm. Um, that he, he gets all, the... all that, that sequence, yeah, yeah. I did say that I hadn't seen Joseph Fiennes in much. Obviously, we, we've talked about last month, we talked about um, his brother's role in, in Schindler's List, but I hadn't mm. seen Joseph in much at all. More, I'd seen more of his TV stuff. Mm. Um, and in more recent years, he was in that show with Sarah Michelle Gellar, wasn't he? Um, oh yes, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but um, yeah, there was a couple. Of, she did a couple of shows because she did one with Ian Griffith, didn't she? And then then she did one with Joseph Fiennes mm. uh, at the same time that I'd watch. But um, yeah, other than that, I'd not really seen him in a lot. Yeah. Uh, and we also get up to our first appearance of, of Gwyneth in the film, and I yeah. think. I, I must admit, I was a little bit in love with Gwyneth Paltrow around the time this came out. She's a really beautiful actress and really talented. And, and her accent is great in this film when, when you yeah. first come across her. Yeah. I did say she she was an interesting-looking mm, woman yeah, when she was yeah. younger. And she yeah. has kind of grown... I, I never really took much notice of her, no, really. She, and not even, like, not even with Iron Man. I, the first Iron Man, she was quite straight-laced and it wasn't... There really wasn't much wiggle room for her in that that opening Iron Man film. It wasn't until I saw her in Clay that I was kind yeah. of like, oh, actually, she has got something about her. Um, yeah. And since then, I think she's got better with age, yeah. despite yeah. the fact that she's gone bonkers. <laughs> and comes, with and vagina candles. And, and you very rarely see her give a duff performance as well. Yeah. She's a consistent yeah. actress as well. I mean, um, I've, I've never sat down and seen the film in full, but I've seen bits and pieces of Sliding Doors. And she's really good in that, again, playing another Brit. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she yeah. Does no, I did well. like that film. I mm, I really like that well. film. So, um, the one thing I will note about uh, Shakespeare, clearly, once upon a time, stole his look. 
for Captain Hook. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly the same costume um, that Hook wears for, for a lot of the, the series um, in Once Upon a Time. Mm. Um, both as Hook and as Killian. Um, there's yeah. not much difference between the two, two looks and they yeah. very much stole it from this. Um, it's it's a very the way the film plays out. It's very it's very much the first act is very much throwing all of the the um the guest actors out onto the screen because we then we did come across our first appearance of Marlow, yeah, as Rupert Everett. So oh we've got oh, there's another one. It's just a, yeah, it, it's just a feast of, of famous Brits at the time, and it it wouldn't be a film like this unless you threw in Simon Callow. No. Simon Callow and, has and to Mark be there. Williams cameo as well. Yeah, which he's just, he's literally like they've just taken one of his far show characters yes. and thrown it, thrown it in a film about Shakespeare. Yeah. And of course that's... Diamond Day as well. Pops yeah, up. exactly. And I was, I was a little bit confused because then the next scene we get an actress that looks like Arabella Ware, but it wasn't. <laughs> I was convinced it wasn't. I had to look it up at the time because I thought they've just literally done three scenes stitched together with far show <laughs> cast members, but it wasn't, sadly. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, so we then we then we get into a little bit of uh, the auditions as well, and uh, Viola's first uh, audition. And I love actually seeing Gwyneth doing those bits where she's being a boy. Well, and to start with, I was like, I wrote down what a ridiculous beard. <laughs> um, but she gets a better one later on yeah exactly and I said it's so obviously a female voice <laughs> yeah. you know when she's off screen yeah and he's but up again, on the balcony it's so true to Shakespeare and it captures that playfulness of it so well yeah. um, so yeah it was it was interesting but then I said um, she actually I, I really love her performance um, mm. compared to a lot of the the real male characters who were really quite outlandish mm. um, because her performance is so toned down it stands out against the other ones and I, yeah. I, I really like that about about that mm. performance yeah 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 so she, she plays the young man element quite well yeah it? yeah very sort of restrained sort of proper and yeah uh, I know at this point because we are we get uh Right from the kickoff is a really good again. Score is a big thing of ours in these in these records, and this has got a nice sort of playful and bounces along score as well, which is it's always there in the in the background, but it's, it it never uh, overtakes the scenes. No, no, definitely, definitely not. And uh, and also just kind of at this point, um, I have to point out I'm not a massive fan of Colin Firth uh, a <laughs> lot of the time. Um, because he does tend to play that like this pompous twit character. Yeah, and he's quite doing it a lot. This. Yeah, yeah, and I said his character in this really reminds me of his character in Mary Poppins Returns, uh, as the villain of the piece. Mm. Um, it, it's a very similar performance, um, and I'm not a massive fan of it. And don't get me wrong, I, I like him in things. I probably shouldn't admit this on a film about the Oscars because it's not very Oscar worthy, but. Um, I like his performance in Mamma Mia. Oh, I'd much yeah, yeah. rather see him do do that kind of performance than, than the performances given in this. And also, as I yeah. said, Mary Poppins Returns. I'd, I'd much rather watch him in, in Mamma yeah. Mia than, than that kind yeah. of role. And, and, and the, in the, the sort of the more lovable guy comedy roles than, yeah. than the pompous yeah. fat ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, get that. I get that. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, this orang at this point somewhere, um, our, our American sort of co-star pops up. And I, I get, I'd forgotten that Affleck was in this film. Yeah. And I was watching it. Oh, bloody hell. Because, <laughs> again, it's, it's been like, must be 30 years since I watched it. Yeah. And, and I did know that his British accent wasn't very good. Um, it was very over-exaggerated. And, and he's not one for doing accents anyway. No. Um, so, he's he's fairly well known for his uh, yeah, his accents alongside his I'll his regular that, yeah. co-star in Matt Damon. Um, mm. they're fairly well known for having one accent, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and I think it shows in this as to why he doesn't risk it. Yeah, but but his performance though is quite good fun. As I say, yeah. at the top of the recording sort of sending himself up. He does it really well and sort of eventually yeah. just finds his place in the play and basically becomes a de facto director, doesn't he? So, yeah. As, yeah. as the only sort of actor of note in the, in the whole thing. Yeah, um, definitely. There's a, there's a nice sort of moment as well when on the, I picked out when we're on the water um, where, where the boatman has got his own play and it's just like, they, they, put, they put a Hollywood gag in the, right in the middle of this film. Everybody's yeah. a writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I did love the fact that he just blurts out who it is. Yeah, he just he just goes, oh yeah, it's her, and he yes. sits there and he goes, what? Any any secrecy just goes out the window. And it's brilliant. It's well done. And it's just like, how the hell do you not know that is the woman that you love when yes. literally she's got a drawn-on beard? Yes, and, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> and a bad haircut, a bad oh. wig. Yeah. Um. We get a sort of a nice little turn from Melda Staunton at this point as well, who again, yeah. another famous place, where she sits outside the door listening to... In the rocking chair, yeah, it's just brilliant. She tries to disguise it by rocking back and forth <laughs> yeah. to make out it's the chair that's making the noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not convincing anybody wishes that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, she's another actress who sort of slots into those roles so well. And I mean, yeah. she, we talked about a bit on our um, franchise podcast. And she again is another watchable great British. Yeah, yeah, she is. And I, and I have to point out at this this point, her husband just makes me laugh in this film. Some of his his facial expressions in the background, especially when he is dressed up as the nurse, mm. it's it's just brilliant. And every time he's on screen, I just want to laugh. Like there's a scene <laughs> in the bar, in the in the well in the um in the brothel basically, yeah. and he's sitting over the corner with absolutely no interest in the women. And he's just yeah. sat there, and some of the faces he pulls as the as the women are going round, it's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. uh, at this point in the film, I scribbled down because we then get to, we then get um, a scene where our, our two lead characters are called back to court. Yeah, and Shakespeare is kind of disguised as a female cousin. Uh, it's hilarious that whole sequence. At this point, I'd written down: girls dress as boys, boys dress as girls. It's like a convention. <laughs> yep, yeah, which definitely. about two of our listeners would probably get that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. but, but yeah, that the whole sequence then where Shakespeare's pretending to be her, her cousins, yeah, and and yeah. finds sending himself up quite well. So it's a very playful film, yeah, uh, and it's it, like we said at the time, it, 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 it does it, it could have easily become like a carry on film, but because of the yeah. caliber of the people involved, it, yeah. It, it doesn't, and it, it isn't anywhere quite as sort of lewd and crazy as Tom Jones. Yeah, and there's some superb set pieces in it as well. Mm. Um, That's a superb sets as well. Funny, yeah, right? yeah, brilliant. Obviously, um, 
a lot of what was around in, in those days were it's quite well known. It's it's quite well known in history, obviously, the globe and and the like. Um and they do a great, great job of replicating it. Mm. Um for me. And yeah, there's there's some some really great scenes like the the previously mentioned brothel scene, I think is is wonderfully set up. Mm. Um and some of the scenes in in the theatre uh, are brilliant as well. I, I will note the um the sword fight is is pretty much um it's a <laughs> it's a little bit farcical. Um uh, yeah. where they're all kind of it literally looks like they're dancing, mm. not having a a sword fight. Um my, my note literally is the sword fight is is pretty much the optimum of this film. Quite spectacular, if not a little campy. Mm. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I, I think it really works with this with this film. Um, but then it kind of um, completely changes. It turns at yeah, that well, point, we get, doesn't it? We get, well, yeah, because we get the news that Marlowe has been killed because of... Uh, yeah. We, we, it, it plays it a little bit like you think that Colin Firth's character is involved, but of course he wasn't. And I, I did a little bit of research after watching the film. Of course, one of, one of the theories was, uh, and, and the abandoned one that mentioned it, that he got involved in a bar fight, a bar bill fight. Yeah. And uh, that didn't go very well. Um, yeah, it, does, it certainly does make you think that that it was uh, Wessex that had, uh, had caused it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but, no, but then they sort of reveal that it, that it wasn't that. But it, of, course, of course, it's there as well to play into the ghost scene, which is, of course, is a reference to um, both uh, Hamlet and Macbeth. Yeah. Where um, Fur thinks that he's seen a ghost. Because <laughs> it's just, and, and that, of course, just because again, from a throwaway setup earlier in the film, where he, where he, where he says that his name is Marlowe, and it's just <laughs> very, very yeah. clever. Thing. Yeah, it's also obviously at the same point she finds out that Will's married as well. Mm. Um, which throws a spanner into the works um, yeah. and kind of causes a change in the, the course of the film um, yeah. for the last kind of quarter of the film. And, it's quite and, a sober, sober final quarter. While there is some uplifting could, stuff. I was going to say, the film could arguably can only have the ending it has, really, because of yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you want to yeah, pick up anything else at this point now? Um, yeah, not really. I... I, th- I find that like the final performance is, is quite confusing. Um, mm. Not that it's bad or anything, um, yeah. but it kind of flips between what's happening in real life and what's happening in the performance. And mm. it's, at times it's kind of difficult to pick which is which. Yeah, the pace, um, the pacing gets a bit, bit sort of, they start running towards the finish line almost, don't they, a little bit? Into, yeah. And, yeah. Um, which it, it, doesn't, it doesn't harm the film for me. I, I think the mm. film shows enough throughout um, that it doesn't cause a, a massive drop off in in my enjoyment of the film. Um, it just is a little bit all over the place. I I do want to pick up on the fact that as you mentioned, Dame Judy's hardly in the film, um, yeah. but when she is, she, she pretty much lights up the screen and nails absolutely. it. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because her performance or her turn scene at the end in, in the climax as well is is fantastic. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because yeah, definitely. And her, her costumes are superb as well. Mm. Um, she's in it in the film three times, and each time she wears a different costume. Yeah. Um, especially the the one that's made of peacock feathers um, <laughs> was was very stand stood out superbly. Um, I love that. Um, yeah. But as I said, it, it kind of, it kind of becomes uplifting when you mm. think it's going down, and then the finale is obviously quite dour. 
Yeah, because um, I, at this point, I'd written down that Mr. Weasley gets over his stage fright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. And that's what I mean about his performance really in very fast show. Mm. Is that it's like it's like one of the characters, like the, the farmer character. Yeah. This this season, I am mostly be wearing. Yeah. And it, it feels like yeah. it, it feels like that. Well, you're um, right. I, I said really the, the only thing that I've seen him in that where he steps away, and we've we've talked about his performance uh, again on uh, for the love of a franchise as as Bill, as as Weasley as Mr. Weasley or mm. Bill Weasley. That's his son. Um, <laughs> And there's only one of those films where I feel like he's doing a pastiche of the far show. Uh, the rest of his performances have been very different. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this, the, this still to me it, feels it like it draws on his far show kind of background a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. It? Yeah. Definitely. We also do get another great gag around here as well, where um, we get that 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 show must go on. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't forget, and that was in there as well. It's just a yeah. brilliant sort of nod. Brilliant reference. Yep. <laughs> um, again, I love the climax with Judy. Um, yeah. So, like, like you mentioned, that it is uplifting. And now everybody that's in the play just yep. brings their A game. Yeah. No matter how yep. small they're seen. Yeah, uh, and the, they are all, all superb in that scene. Yeah. Um, they so really they, do nail it. They bring their A game, and yep. their characters manage to bring their A game as well. It's yep. just a great sort of. Yeah. Composition. Yeah, and that that's kind of where I pick up on the, the Affleck being pompous mm. is when he comes out, he stands in the middle and does the biggest bow anyone <laughs> could possibly do. Um, just yeah. d- just completely nails Affleck um, as he was back in the in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we then fold into the climax now, and then they say we get that tempo change again. Whether, yeah. but again, I, I love what the Queen does, where she sort of disregards the old sort of lewd lewd, lewd element uh, yeah she she reads the audience herself effectively and, and the way that plays out is brilliantly how she sort of treats yeah. Viola as as a boy as, yeah. as a brother and and, and that, that she kind of explains as to why she's letting her go mm. well, yeah, in the fact cannot... that she's had to be the queen when she really didn't want yeah. to be yeah and, and and she hasn't got the power to sort of uh, adjudicate against what a legally wed marriage. So yeah, and and it's quite sad because they because those two Shakespeare and Viola they've got a great screen chemistry. I think one of the best ones yeah. we've seen in doing these films. Yeah, uh, doing these yeah definitely. Uh, and it is it is really sad, but yeah. it, it's also very clever in the way they use it as the setup for him writing Twelfth Night. Yeah, um, yeah, and the way it's shot. The way they sort of they they take his story and his voiceover, and, yeah. and they shoot it in such a way as they're they're indicating that she in real life may have managed to get an escape as well because the yeah. way it's shot, it looks like her ship has gone down. Yeah, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, definitely, uh, and it does make you think that she's possibly found a way to get away. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's so well filmed. There's a great way to finish yeah. the film when she gets that long walk yeah. up the beach. Uh, and yeah. again, that looks fantastic. It's a great shot. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've got to say, so I'd not seen this well, since I wherever it came out on TV. I had a lot of fun watching this again. I really yes, enjoyed I, it. I did as well. Um, I will say, and I we mentioned it when we were when we were doing some of the other other films, certainly West Side Story, um, which is based obviously on 
Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Um, I struggle with Shakespeare. It's not something that I've ever kind of got my head around. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy it at school or, or anything. And, and the first maybe quarter of this film, I, I struggled to get my head around. Um, it confuses me. It it's very much feels like a Shakespeare play for the first mm. 20 minutes. Um, or first quarter of the film, should I say. Um, yeah. But after that, despite it not being the sort of film that I would gravitate towards, I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a and good, it, I was going to say, it's a good way into Shakespeare for people as well, isn't it, I think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it kind of gives you, well, obviously not completely true in, yeah. in some ways. Yeah. It does kind of fill you in as to what he was mm, um yeah and and i love some of the in jokes about him possibly having not written them and mm. and things like that but, i think that's that great. something that's been around for years isn't it that they were yeah. sort of ghost read or somebody just yeah. used it as a pseudonym or yeah or um so yeah there's there's some great nods throughout the film and and mm. I, I thoroughly i found myself glued to the tv yeah. pretty much the whole time i watched it so um it's done its job cool that's yeah. that's for sure yeah, any sort of score? Uh, yeah, I, it's not going to be far off my previous score. I think I'm going to give it a, an 82. Ah, um, having that's given Rain that's Man an 86. Um, yeah. yeah, I've given this 82 just yeah. just mainly because it loses me a little bit at times. Yeah. Um, there's some great performances. <laughs> um, I love Gwyneth's performance. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Some of the British actors in there. Um, I love Tom Wilkinson's performance. As you mentioned, Rupert Everett uh, isn't in it much, um, but he's he's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, for me, I think I say I mentioned there's a nice fun score that throws through the film, uh, and sort of suits the tone and keeps keeps you sort of engaged. The cast are fantastic. Uh, everyone we've mentioned the, from from the smallest roles to the biggest roles is clearly having fun with the film with, with yeah. the job that they got in hand. Uh, Fines and Poulter, I think, are a great screen couple together. There's a lot of chemistry there, and and you you you, you want it to you do want it to end differently too. It does, even though it can't, yeah. just because they're so great together. Um, yeah, I I like Affleck's turn in the film. Uh, um, fair place to Dame Judy for getting an Oscar for, for like nine minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I knock it down a little bit on the score because even though I enjoyed it, I don't think it should have won Best Picture over Private Ryan. Yeah, which I think is the more quote unquote Oscar film. Um, yeah. Even even though I know that film has its detractors as well, it's a very well put together piece. Um, so I, in that respect, I mean, yeah, I eighty for me. It's an eighty eight for me. It's a decent score, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think we were both fairly similar. I think it was about the same same distance between both films that we've reviewed yeah. this month. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. We've been pretty much in, a, in agreement. I suppose we should now come on to the really exciting part of what we're going to be doing next. Yep. So let me click my button to find the, the next films. So here we go. I'm all prepped. So we have got for the first one, 2006, which is, let me get my list. That will be, come on. Crash. Ah, interesting. So, okay. 
let's do our next one. Let me just right, write that you. down so I don't forget. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever seen it before. Mm. So let me click my button. Here we go. And for our second film is 1966. So that will be... Let me just get it. I think we might be happy with this one. I think it might be something we've talked about. Let me just see. Yes, that would be The Sound of Music. <laughs> I thought I recognised the year. Oh, this would, that would be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's a good one for me because I am a mm. massive Dame Julie Andrews fan. That um, one may go on for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Looking forward to that. I've never seen Crash. I have seen Sound of Music a few times. Indeed. indeed. Um, and I believe is now on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we will enjoy watching that. Brilliant. Okay. Well, I suppose at that point, I say thank you for joining me, Paul. No worries. Uh, and we'll see you all again next month. Okay. Cheers. Good night. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.